All right. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we are here again with Tyler Watkins and John Young for another week in review. Um, how are you doing, John, after your uh, trip to uh, Crash and, and uh, your competition at Crescendo? Doing great, man. I was a little bit effed up the first couple of days after, but after, other than that, so we, we drove. So the competition ended Sunday at 6 p.m.-ish Eastern. And we drove as soon as it was over. Uh, and it was about 14 hours back to Houston. So I got back at 7.30-ish. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, it was it was a bad next, like, 30 hours, like, as far as my, my body was was going through. But I feel great now. I uh, got back in the gym today for the first time. Like, I actually did something. Um, and, yeah, back to uh, – I'll probably take another day easy and then back to training. But it was um, – an amazing competition. Yeah, I, I spoke with Jr. and obviously wrote the article about uh, the teams that um, were kind of preparing for semifinals. And of course, all he said was, "All I saw was the the negative stuff, the stuff that I kind of messed up on." But then everything, every, all the athletes were, you know, "Oh man, that 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 was great. Loved the competition." You know, um, so I'm sure Jr. is just kind of seeing it from the organizer's perspective versus what what really went on. He never gives himself any. Any kudos? Well, there was one event in particular where the scoring was a little bit, a little bit messed up. I will say, happened to be <laughs> our best event. No big deal. But yeah. the uh, the uh, strength event had like four different parts, which was kind of cool. If your team, one of your athletes, did a max um, strength pull up, max weight pull up, another athlete did three minute AMRAP of 225 front squats. Another athlete did three rep max bench press. And then another athlete did like a strongman medley. But every single one of those was scored individually out of 25 points. Um, and then in, instead of like seeing who was like in first or second after that and then giving them the scores allotted with what a normal event would be. So like we got second in that event and we were we got 90 points as far as how his scoring system was. But third place got 89 and fourth place got 87. So like we didn't make up very much ground on people, even though we had beaten a lot of people. Um, Cause all of our guys are great in that one. Um, it wasn't that. And Brian asked him to change it. He wouldn't change it. But other than that, I had, I had no complaints. I thought everything went great. I thought the judges were great. I didn't hear any controversies. Um, the co-ed division was definitely the division to be in as far as uh, if you're going to compete. Uh, I think there there's probably three teams that I think I think will make the games, and there's probably two team two to three teams after that that I think have a shot to make the games. Um, as far as competitiveness, how you want to boil that down, and then even the um, all male and all female divisions, like the top three teams in both of those. Like our semifinal worthy athletes, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Kenneth, Sarah, Chris, Renata, Bruce, thanks for joining. Um, Tyler, we usually don't see, you know, too many athletes hit competitions once the open starts. Usually Wadapalooza is the last thing. Um, what and kind of the whole topic of crescendo was, you know, how beneficial is it? for these teams to kind of do an in-person competition as they're preparing for semifinals? 
I mean, think about how long it is from quarterfinals to semifinals. I mean, it's forever, competitively speaking. And then, like, in a team event, in a you can, as an athlete in a team event, you can get away with doing, um, like, I would say probably two or three competitions, maybe two competitions between now and semifinals, right? Or quarterfinals and semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's great um, that that people are competing um, in between. I, I wish more people would do it. I think, I think that JR's opening a gate to to people starting to think about this. Um, I, I think next year we will see more athlete or more teams go to crash in preps. It's yeah. like I wanted to quote Adam Sandler from uh, The Longest Yard, and I don't want to piss off any of the uh, <laughs> any of the teams that were at crash this weekend. But it's like if I'm a, if I'm going in, I know I'm a top dog. It's like you know preseason you play Appalachian State and get your get your feels good and then and yeah. then you go into a real game against Georgia or something you know what yeah, I mean you I'm, don't want to go Appalachian in. State is <laughs> what he's saying App State's yeah, good but, now yeah I mean but you think about the open right it, it, for the teams it's it's individual performances you know even the scores that maybe advance you to quarterfinals they may not even be the athletes that are on your team and then you get to quarterfinals and yes there is teamwork in that but for these top a lot for a lot of the teams it didn't really you know just being fit athletes is probably good enough yeah um but semifinals getting into that top 10 um beyond you know the absolute best provens invictus teamwork's going to come down to it and i think it was probably a smart move on on the move fast lift heavy team teams to make it down there yeah. um how were the workouts, John, from a coordination standpoint? How kind of different were those from, say, what you saw programmed for the team quarterfinals? Um, I think they were way more reminiscent of what we will see in semifinals. I think so. Like, for instance, there was a one of the one of the workouts was a relay of sixty-four heavy wall balls and eight snatches, uh, like a waterfall style. Mm-hmm. Um, like stuff like that. They don't program that type of stuff in, in, in quarterfinals. Like quarterfinals is more like, let's just see who's fit. Um, and if you're fit, then you'll make it. Um, a lot of teams got to semifinals. A lot of stuff has been written about that already as far as the percentages. Um, so, but like what the way there's more, there was a lot of worm stuff. There was a lot of, uh, pegboard stuff like there was a pegboard event they're just more odd objects like like it's a very wide variety of things it's not just limited to your i would say open mm-hmm. equipment right i yeah. think quarterfinals for all divisions is limited to in gym equipment right like that you would have in every single really in your garage um jr has it, wild stuff nobody else yeah, has too where they're where all I would say a lot of his events was very reminiscent of, Hey, we can play with everything. Um, and I'm going to, you know, there were two scored events. I know we'll talk about that later on, but there was an event where your, uh, your time on like machines or doing burpees was a 50 scored event. And then your max uh, worm lunges in distance was your other event. And they were both 50 point scores. So like, and, I know we're about to talk about that. That like, like I just think it was very more semifinal reminiscent. So when he says, 
I think it is a great tune-up for semifinals. I, I couldn't agree more uh, because there was a lot of teamwork-oriented stuff. You can't just rely on your people being fitter than other people. Um, and and I don't think you can't. I don't think you can train team. You can train team cohesion, but it's way different in a competition when you need to make adjustments on yep. the fly. Yep. One person's hurting and they can't mm-hmm. do it. What are we gonna do? Like or mm-hmm. uh, or synchronicity. You get a bad. You get a hard judge where everything has to be like to the letter, right? Like that stuff is trained in competition. Um, and yep. unless you're just the fittest people, right? You got the proven team, the mayhem team, unless you're just fitter than everybody. Like I think I feel like having competition experience, being able to train adjustments on the fly is really beneficial mm-hmm. before you hit the big show. Agreed. Did you watch much the you know the co ed teams compete or were you kind of resting for yourself? You broke up there. Can you repeat it? Did you were you able to go kind of watch the those top teams on the floor, or were you taking that time and rather not really paying attention? Uh, for I would say half of the events, I didn't watch all of their all the heats, but uh, like the top mm. heat, I I mean, I watched. I would say I would say half of the events, not all the way through, but just just to see what was going on, who was winning, who was tearing people up, and who wasn't. Um, just stuff like that. Yeah. Did, did you see any communication issues or things where it's obvious that they had some work to do? Um, I mean, both, both of those move fast lift heavy teams are new. Um, some are, some have some athletes from last year, but for the most part, they, you know, the second team all new. Yeah. So they were, they were all, um, pretty good uh they 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 none of none of them were looking like they were struggling like a ton all the communication was good um it was teams i would say once you get back after the top five those were the teams that had trouble like say somebody's got too much worm on their shoulder and they can't hold it and like you get a bunch of no reps um i wasn't Mm -hmm. there for the clean and jerk worm reps so like i know those reps could have been off Right. Like that's a big team oriented thing. Right. Um, so and I didn't see that one. But the one that I saw where they were lunging with the worm, everybody, all the top dogs seemed to be right in line Crazy. with each other. I mean, they were like they weren't they were in line with each other. There was no miscommunication. It was just the best people were the best people. Right. There yeah. wasn't a man. Their strategy was way better than the other team's strategy. It was just who's fitter. Um, yeah. 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 Tyler, you, one of the athletes on the Grit House team did injure his. It sounds like his shoulder now. Um, how how do you? I mean, is there concern though about going to some competition like this? That's you know, it, it is very high level, right? It's not some local competition. Jr. is programming, you know, top of the line uh, workouts. Um, you know, and, and their season could have been over. Luckily, it sounds like it's it's fairly minor, but. Uh, uh, is, is that a concern for some of these teams that especially, you know, the, the top end ones? Sorry, I've been watching football movies. So have you seen the you longest, to give us another not, analogy? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> not the longest yard. Friday Night Lights, Booby Miles gets hurt like two or three games into the season. And it's like, yeah, these things can happen. You know, if I'm a coach or I'm, if I'm on the team, I'm going to be real honest about like, hey, I'm feeling beat up, you know, but you can't help injury. And what, like some some injuries are just random. So it's mm-hmm. like. 
that might happen. Um, is it worth it for you to go or not? I, if I'm a team, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not averse to gambling ever. So I would go. Um, but I mean, like, you know, maybe tell your team going in, like, let's go 80%. Like, let's just hit a clean run on everything. Like get really grooved in. We don't really care how we do here. We want to do well. And if we're in a chance to win, like maybe push it then, but like just hit everything clean. Let's grease the groove. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what a tune up is. is. It's yeah. not you're not selling your soul every single workout. You're just trying to put a good hard effort in and, mm-hmm. and work on your team cohesion. Yep. Um, and honestly, if you're like you could tear your bicep in any point of training, you're training for semifinals, right? You're gonna do some intense freaking workouts. Like that could happen at any look at Ricky. Mm-hmm. I know he did it mountain biking. But he's not like I wouldn't be afraid to do a competition because you're going to get hurt. That doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense to me. I think people train harder than they do most competitions because competitions you could have a two minute workout and then you got a five hour rest. Like, mm-hmm. and they're training harder right now because they're going into semifinals. They may not have planned on going to um, crash super early, and so it's like maybe they didn't peak themselves or or prep themselves to have this in this part part of their training. Um, I think in the future, as teams use this as an outlet to, you know, sort of grease the groove, they'll plan for that in their training. Like, hey, you know, we don't need to be as beat up going into this competition. Let's hit a good, feel good, come back home, recover, and then like hammer it again and then go into semifinals. Yeah. I think overall, I think I think this is a, a great addition to the season. I mean, hopefully we'll see. More teams take advantage of that. Maybe there's something on the West Coast at some point. Um, somebody in Europe should probably consider hosting one of these things because I think oh, it yeah. would definitely be beneficial for for these teams, especially the ones that are on the cusp of, you know, in that probably 7 to 15th place range. Uh, they can definitely make some big improvements there. Um, let's move on to uh, – we'll go back to eight group quarterfinals and Joe Scally. Um Last Friday, he kind of messaged me and said, did you see, you know, I'm now outside of the top 30 um, and, and shared the video. I went live uh, last Friday, kind of showing that Hiller uh, did another video on it, kind of showing, you know, why this is a problem, right? I mean, Scally's penalized. You look at Rich Froning didn't follow by holding, you know, putting his thumb around the bar on a bench press. He doesn't get penalized. Um, what, what's your thought, Tyler, on, on first should Scally have been penalized given that the barbell really ended up back in the same place? Yes. Okay. If you're going to make a hard and fat, if you're going to make a rule, hold to it. Is it a good rule? I don't know, but they made the rules to hold to it. I'm more upset and I hate that this is going to come out of my mouth, but that rich didn't get penalized and that like Roman didn't get penalized. We've been over this. Huh? I said home home cooking, cooking. Yeah. Well, everywhere's home for rich when you're the freaking king. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I mean, like I like that they did it, but so it's like they should have applied it broadly, um, and they didn't do that, and that's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Now we can, like I said, we can talk about if the rule is a good rule. I don't know. Um, there probably needs to be. I I was thinking about this. There needs to be something to where it's like, did this help the athlete? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, did it help for Rich? Maybe a little. And you little. can make a decision on You can make a call on that. There's nowhere, mm-hmm. like, you can just say headquarters will make a call on if they think it helped the athlete or not help the athlete. 
Right. You, know, you turn Roman's roller on, that helps the athlete by a couple seconds. Yes. It does. It does. Right. Moving that barbell, I bet he didn't even know it happened. Like that doesn't help him right. at all. Right. Rich, you probably could just make you. You could probably go either way on that. It is a rule. He should get penalized. But I mean, nobody is helping him. Right. He's just not yeah. doing it to what they tell him to do it. So you could probably go either way if you really didn't want to penalize Rich, because I know we're deathly afraid of that. Um, the uh, yeah. you know you go either way on that one, but you should have a rule. Uh, you should have something in the rule book saying we are allowed to make a call and if this helped the athlete or not, and that will um, lead to a penalty or not a penalty. I think that needs that that call needs to be like written down. It needs to be firm. Like what what are your criteria? I think it needs to have criteria, but I don't disagree with you. Because Joe Scali yeah. got gypped. Like this is bad. It's bad. Like he got seriously robbed. And there's no other way to put that if Rich does not get penalized and he gets penalized for that. Like, it's I'm a, in the camp. I don't care if he gets penalized or not. It just needs to be consistent. That's the thing. Right. And so it's like I think what would be stand-up is if Scally was like, I deserved that penalty. But what we're not talking about is the other people who deserve penalties too. That's not cool. Which, um, which he, he did bring up. I think he was, I mean, I, I don't know if he shared it with just me, but I mean, it was, it was the inconsistency that he was upset about. Right. You know, I, I think right. he, he wasn't in favor of the penalty itself because again, it wasn't anybody from his camp is a member that just kind of went over there to, you know, keep the barbell from rolling into his rower. Uh, Imagine being that, how the, that, that. I mean, that yeah. I mean, right the fact that he had to kind of keep them blurred out or, you know, covered up so that, you know, I'm sure that that member feels terrible, especially it's right awful. now. Um, but you weren't going to make the games anyway. God, <laughs> I just, just, just so, so, so yeah, just lean into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine, man. You weren't going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's you know because I obviously reported on the Roman Krennikov thing and it was called a nothing burger. I, I stood by that should have been a penalty. I, I don't want people to think that I think that Roman should have been penalized. Joe shouldn't have, even though they both broke the rules. I think the problem is one was penalized, one was not. You have other instances where they weren't penalized as well. We don't know how some of the other penalties happen because we get a one a one sentence blip um, that that's not clear enough to know what they actually did uh, with the rules. So I I don't know what the right solution is. I, I, one of my thoughts and is. Are we are, is CrossFit getting too detailed, right? In their rules and their descriptions and all of these things, like why are we describing how a bar has to be held on a bench press, how far away a barbell needs to be from a rower? Uh, are are these things that need to be addressed as part of the the competition, John? I thought I was. Uh, go ahead, John. Yeah. I mean, I, I said this last podcast we had. I think. I think everybody's way too picky about it. I think, I think in general, you know, what's good reps and what's not good reps. I don't think anything should be, we should just leave it at that. I think, we know what I, I think everybody, you know, I don't think there should be a rule about the rover at all. I think if some people are not smart enough to have the other person reset it for them, then that's their bad. You know, I don't think we should have the rower eight feet away from the equipment. If you're good enough, you can put the rower under a pull-up bar and do pull-ups and then sit on the rower real quick, you should be able to do that. 
right? I think mm -hmm. the people who are smart enough to hold small transitions should be rewarded for that. I don't think like I think we're way too nitpicky with the rules. And then if if you want to be nitpicky with the rules, that's fine. But then you ha you have to be consistent across the board. If you're not consistent, that's then everybody then people get robbed and there's people who think who get a free ride. Like it's it's and you pick those people and that's messed up. All right. Yeah, Tyler. I was I was trying to come at this from Rich's point of view. Like he didn't wrap his thumbs, whether he knew it or not, he he went with it. And then like people started calling him out and he didn't own up to it. Okay. To me, and I, I was thinking about this during training. I was like, it's it is the athletes uh, um What's the word I'm looking for? It's the athlete's prerogative to ride the line as close as they can always. Right. It, and if they get away with something good on them, right. Um, you are professional sport when you catch those athletes doing that and you penalize mm -hmm. them. I think that this actually might be one of the, the keystones in us being a professional sport is that we feel like, uh, penalties are being handed out correctly and they're always being handed out. Um, I would say to John's point about like, we're being super nitpicky. I mean, back in 2013, you didn't have to tell you, there was no schematic of how you had to lay things out. It was just like film your workout and let it be that way. I mean, and you would have people like their freaking rower would be right underneath a pull-up bar and they would like jump straight up and, you know, laying back down on their, you know, <laughs> rower and that stuff. And, and it's like, to me, if you want to go that crazy with it, go that crazy with it. I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know what you have if, to be to do that? Freaking fit. Right. Like, if you shorten yeah. your transitions, you take all your transitions. You're never resting. Like, never. like, you're just, you're just never resting. Right. And like, if you're fit enough to pull that off, I think you should be able to express that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. That burpee yeah. dude says John's wrong because it comes a game of transitions. Which put, again, I'll if you can go, like if you this. can go from movement to movement with no rest, good on you, right? I mean, that's a programming I, issue. If you if 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 the programming is such that the transitions matter, change the workout. No, mm. I don't think you have to change the workout. I think some workouts the transitions need to be matter because whoever can keep the transitions the tightest is the fittest person. I, I never wanted it to be about that. I, no, I don't I, like those workouts either. I'm not good at them. But like, <laughs> but look, whether hey, I'm good Mallow, or not, Mallow Bryan wins all of those. She's very good at that type of stuff. But I don't think, I think there are some workouts where whoever can keep that tight of transition for 20 minutes, like on those workouts, you can't make it, those aren't the sprinty workouts. Those yeah. are the 20 minute workouts. Because if you can keep yeah. that for 20 minutes, you deserve it. I, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I mean, that's one thing with the like semifinals, and I, I know this is on an in-person competition versus online. But the the way that even the games, right? They 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 have things spread out so you can track it, but that changes what those transitions look like, and it changes the dynamic of in, instead of the having stuff workout, right yeah. on top of each other, like go do regional Nate, but then you have to go walk or jog, you know, however many feet to the kettlebell. So it, it's and then back to the wall. So it, it, it changes the workout dramatically. And I'm just wondering, like, 
we're, we're kind of self-imposing that to kind of, I think, maybe lead into the next topic of safety. I think that's kind of where CrossFit is trying to say it. It's 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 for safety, right? You're, you're far enough away from certain elements. You don't do something stupid and hurt yourself. I I'm not I'm not someone to to have in this conversation because to me it's like it's not my responsibility to make sure you don't hurt yourself. It's yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I agree with you. So let's let's move on to the next one. Um, the PFAA, the Professional Fitness Athletes Association. Um, Brent Fikowski was at, down in Georgia with Training Think Tank last week. Uh, he threw out a podcast, and uh, if anybody hasn't watched it, I highly recommend going back and watching it. It's a, I think it's a two-hour-long uh, podcast. talks a lot about Brent's history and, and things before CrossFit and, and some of the good days back, you know, 2014, 15. Um and near the end of it, they, they do bring up the PFAA. And and if you guys don't know, Brent does lead that organization with eight other athletes, including Pat Vellner, who else? Uh, Lazar and Luca Dukic, Fisa Goffey, Victoria Campos, Dina Swift, somebody else from South uh, Africa, and then Royce Dunn. Um, they've been in, around for, what, two years now? Um, two or three. Yeah. And they went into the talk of it and and what Brent said was that we're trying to start with things that would be universally agreed to by 99% of athletes, things that aren't controversial, like fairness and safety. Is, is that the right things to be focusing on for a, it's not a union, but some type of association that represents the athletes, Tyler. To me, I think in the beginning, I, I had I had met Brent and talked to him because of Z score, and we we ended up talking into like could I help him with PFAA and stuff like that, and and his and I interests weren't really like I just am not interested in fixing the things that he's he wants to fix, um, but he is he's worried about consistency as an athlete, and I think that that's fair. Um, I, I like the direction, like for what he wants to accomplish. I like the direction he's going. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't want to get overly safe. I don't love, you know, bubble wrapping everything and, you know, nerfing everything, but to a certain degree, like, I don't really love that they have regulations on certain types of belts and stuff like that, but whatever. Okay, fine. Write it down. But like with, with the movement stuff that he was talking about, if people go watch that, I liked that sort of thing where it's like, Hey, you have standard, you have standard uh, style of burpee. This is the criteria, the criteria for that burpee. And then it's like, if you want to change it, there's a different criteria for that one. We have a, like a log book of standards you use on types of burpees and types of handstand pushups and different things like that. I actually thought that that was a great idea. And if you wanted to do something different, you needed to produce the same, set of criteria for a different movement. Like, Hey, these are the standards. This needs to have its own standards and some like little sheet of paper on like, this is what this needs to be, to be acceptable. I, I like that. Um, it, that would be a hell of an undertaking considering how many movements we have. Very true. Very true. John, what are your thoughts on focusing on fairness and safety? I don't What does he mean by that? I think, I mean, my guess is that 
and way I'm reading into it is a lot of these things that we see in the, the online portion of the competition of things being spread out in a certain distance away from each other is coming from that. And I could be wrong, but I mean, he talks about rig safety and, and like where the rings are uh, in that podcast, it, you know, and so if, if, if somebody's jumping down from a, from the rings onto a rower or they have a barbell right next to it, um, you know, obviously we, you look back years ago and Kevin Ogar, you know, missed the snatch behind him. And next thing you know, it, he's, he's paralyzed from the waist down. So like there, there is some rationale into that, but should that be what this players association is doing? I don't think that's for me to say. <laughs> um, the, uh, as far I mean, as you're, you're, you're though, part of it, right? Like yeah, you're, you're he's good one of the athletes. Way. Yeah, yeah. As far as far as fairness goes, one hundred percent. I think um, I think everybody just I think everybody wants consistent judging, consistent penalties around the board, consistent video process. Everybody should be playing on the same field, uh, and everybody should have an appeals process. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. Like in competition, I one hundred percent am on that board. Safety, I could not care less. Um, Kevin Ogar's situation, nobody told you to put weights behind him. That's why that happened. It wasn't because things weren't spread out. It was because there's weights behind him. Like, yeah, I guarantee you, and he's and it kind of kind of contradicts himself because if you say we're doing stuff that 99% of the athletes agree on, I bet if we polled all the CrossFit Games athletes, um, does is it a big deal for you that the stuff is spread out? Like, does that mean a lot to you? Do you want that? I guarantee you 90% of them could not care less. They just, they're just going to operate on whatever rules are given to them to the best of their ability. And they're hoping headquarters mm -hmm. doesn't screw them out. Like that's what I bet most of them feel like. That's how, that's how yeah. I would feel like. I, but I, yeah. I've never been hurt because stuff wasn't spread out. I've never, <laughs> I, I agree with Tyler. I think it's your responsibility to make sure you don't hurt yourself. It's not the sport's responsibility. Um, I'm never going to tell a uh, 70-year-old Reba to snatch 225 whenever she can't do it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell that person to do ring muscle-ups. Like that, that's a coach's responsibility, right? And that should come from headquarters. Safety should come from headquarters. The sport of CrossFit, if we're trying to be safe, we're, uh, <laughs> it contradicts I'm, itself. I'm not alleging that that I want athletes doing like crazy ass stuff. And, and that, and that CrossFit is, is going to try to hurt athletes, but like, let's push this to like, it's crazy. end, okay. Um, you know, the players athlete association gets together and they have like a real, they have like a real um, sort of union going. Right. And then basically if they're athletes going to the games, and I'm worried about safety. Well, it's like, show me the workouts first. Cause I need to deem if this is safe enough for, for all the, the athletes in this union. And it's like, okay, now they have a control on, on programming. And it's like, do we want that? No, not really. Um, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about safety. I I'm not as concerned about safety. I mean, it shouldn't be egregious and you should definitely like, easy thing. You know, maybe this is something that, that Brent could have handled. I'm sure he talked to Scott about this, but when Scott screwed his ankle up, 
Yeah. You know, that was an easy fix. Like, yeah, like, okay. So, like, I think when he's saying safety, it's more of stuff like that. When right. Competitions, live competitions have things like that that are an easy fix that, like, they should be an easy fix. It should be fixed very quickly on the spot. But that's live competition. That is not the open. That is not quarterfinals. That's not – um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think you should have a tall guy bar just in case some six four guy shows up. Right. Like, I don't think and they did, they did it. They did it. And they did it at the games with the uh, bar muscle ups and the very uh, uh, Jackie at the very end, right? right. So they could and do the, the bar muscle ups on that back bar. And that's I what I like. Like that. That's what I like about what Brent is doing is he's trying to to get out and create you know something proactively. Like this Delugos issue should have never been an issue. And I think mm -hmm. that Brent had solutions for those issues before it ever happened. So it's just like, just listen to the guy, you know, and, right. and create standards. If you think they're too constrictive, okay, I know that Brent will go back and forth with you about talking about how to get what he wants, but maybe easing up and finding a middle ground. Like he would do that. So it's like, you know, there's always going to be safety issues. You know, somebody in the comments talking about people running together tight. I mean, like people do that in the Boston Marathon. Get over that. Um, but yeah, alpaca, that's where they were kind of pushing that sled and the kettlebells were on top of each other. I I don't think it impacted the, the workout or, or be unsafe, but um, yeah, I mean, I think the bigger issue on that is the fairness when it comes to the lane differences. And now it's talked yeah. about in that same podcast. Some ropes of, are slicker than others. Yeah. The, the ropes are slicker than the others. You had the, anytime you've had the, the, the sled push on the, uh, on the North Park, people have complained that one side was faster or stickier than the other. Um, you know, different distances uh, in the shoulder to overhead. Um, Some of that comes down to game day stuff. I mean, like, imagine the Reds playing the Pirates, and they're at Red Stadium, you know, and they play a series there. And, you know, it rained every day before, and the field's wet. And then they go to the Pirates Stadium, and it's like, well, it's dry every day. The Reds get mad because it's like, well – you know, we played on a wet at our at our stadium. Now the field is dry. It's like who gives a shit? Some of that stuff is just day of stuff, and it's just you got to be an athlete. You know, does it suck? Yeah, but you got to overcome. Yeah. Um, you know, when I think of a players' union, you think about the NFL and things like that, and we just talk about the penalties. It doesn't feel like, or at least we're not seeing it on our end of anybody from that organization or the the DAC talking about these penalties and standing up and saying, we don't agree with this. And maybe that's the part that Brent doesn't want to get into of 99% would not agree. But don't you think that's part of it is, you know, when you talk about fairness, right? Um, I'm really curious to know what their thoughts are or should they be speaking up when, when athletes get penalized or not penalized um, when things come up? The PFAA? Yeah. I mean, either that or the, the 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 DAC that you know meets with CrossFit to, to publicly DAC bring things up. is a CrossFit committee. It is, but it should should any of those groups be bringing that up? I know that this. What does the actual DAC stand for? Because I always call it Diverse a Athlete Committee, but it, that's not what it is. I, I um, don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe somebody in the comments can help us. <laughs> you can't. Even. Don't say it if you don't know what it is. It's like it's all the division. It's the divisional athlete. Is it, That's what it is. Direct athlete communication. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That sounds great. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're like a CrossFit interior group. Um, but what's PFAA yeah, stand for? Professional I, I, Fitness Professional Athlete Fitness Association. Athletes Association. Yep. Okay, good deal. Uh, Rolls off the tongue very easily. As a test. But like the PFAA, man, could you imagine that undertaking, especially with what's going on with the the divisional athletes? It's like having to handle. I mean, Brent would need a task force of at least fifty people to handle all the complaints. And then, and, and then and he brought that up. I mean, go ahead. He 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 did mention like, and I think he said, I can't speak to what the teams or adaptive athletes need. Not even going to try with the, what the masters does. So it's literally focusing on really the elite individual athletes with, with, I mean, obviously you can apply fairness and, and safety to that, but they're not looking at the specific topics of what masters want or need or things like that, or the adaptive athletes, definitely a hot topic right now. Um, it's kind of a broad generic scope at this point, in my opinion. I'm going to drop a, a, a bomb. It's like a John Young bomb, but is my opinion to handle all the, like, these things are getting out of control and like really what the CrossFit games is about is finding the fittest man and woman and maybe team on earth. No one really like we love that these people get an opportunity and we want that to be an outlet, but maybe the CrossFit games is not the right place. So I would let the masters fitness collective handle all the masters competitions. And I would let Wheelwad handle all the divisional athlete competitions and I would let somebody else do the teams and let the games just be that. They don't do that because ticket ticket sales and all these other things. But I think that that is actually the best proactive way to move forward is like offload these things and let people who are actually handling them better handle them. I mean, I'm not against, they I'm not be- against the games going like uh, doing like two like the game the the individual games is in August, maybe in May the masters games is you know what i mean and like yeah you'd have a different semifinal date but all that's i don't think that'd be hard to to change and then you have a games for masters athletes in may um and then yeah i i don't know if you would do adaptive division uh their separate thing i just that probably be wrapped up in the masters as well, but just having two different competitions, obviously the games is going to be the games, but that way the masters people were crowning the fittest old people in the world. Old people. Uh, I, know, uh, I know. You know what I mean? And this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be in, uh, you know, May 31st or uh, July 1st, right? If anything, it's going to be, it'll be a tune up for people. People would watch that. They would actually watch the masters for once because there's nothing else going on. And then yep. you have semifinals after that, and then the games. I mean, I think Kenneth does bring up a good point, though. I mean, if you only have the individuals, you do have a lot of breaks. I mean, I I, I don't disagree completely with the idea, but I do I see what you're saying. Think maybe if they're all at all in Madison, but maybe you hand over the running of the Masters to say the Masters Fitness Collective. They don't have to be in Madison either. The uh, well, I, I think I think the point of this is that you know if if you only put the the top forty athletes in the world and they do their event and then they don't have something for three hours, like what do you do? You Whereas if home. you have teams and masters and stuff um, in there, you chill out for a little bit. <laughs> I I mean I I disagree. I think 
that you could have more community st events like st where you could go watch speakers. Okay, we've got a three hour break between the teams and the individuals. Like there are these sets of things that people can go watch, like go watch Jason Kalipa talk about whatever the hell he wants to talk about for 15 minutes. Like you can have, or, you know, some sort of activations where it's like people participate in things. It's like, we want to be a community event. I could fill that time up easily. And there are all kinds of people who would want to come sell their stuff and talk about it for 30 minutes and, and try to sell it to you. You know, you being a captive audience, ha mm -hmm. hell, no one pays attention to the DJs. It's like, you could just have music people there. And you, can I do all kinds of stuff. you know, and you know, this is not the safest thing to do, but you could have a time where people could sign up to do the capital if they wanted to. Like you could right. have a CrossFit event if you want to sign up and try it. You so, could fill that gap with that time. People would watch regular people kill themselves. They like did have workouts at the games this year. And I, I've never this year was my first year at the games, but they did have a place where you could actually go and train. Now it was always full, but yeah, I agree. Like that would be super easy to do. Like have a community. Um, you're telling me Hiller would jump or something? on the train and be like, I'm going to take on Hiller in the Capitol. People would watch that. That would be or, cool. You know, I think so too. And like, and you know, which events are going to be, you know, the events, right? You could schedule that ahead of time. Um, obviously you might have like a scaled down version, but you know, it'd be cool just to see somebody take on the real deal. At least I don't think that John is ever not a little fired up. I just yeah, got back I mean, from the I, gym, so my like testosterone's all, get you. All, all jazzed up. Yeah. Gabe from Paper Street, like the gauntlet at Wadapalooza. I mean, yeah. something like that, yeah. right? Like it's more community based. Let, let people do those workouts. Um, let them be on the field and try something, uh, something that would be different. It's something that that's kind of an interesting uh, thing to, to talk about. Um, all right, we'll move on to the last topic. The age group semifinals are coming up next week. Um, they released some information on it earlier. Um, there's going to be a password required for these. So you get the, the password for the first two workouts um, and then the second two workouts the next day. But you'll know the workouts, or sorry, the tests, on Monday ahead of time. So you have three days to kind of prepare for it. Um, on top of that, there's uh, two scoring tables, the standard hundred point, as well as a 50 point table, which implies some type of AB test that may be more uh, a smaller test skill-based. Um, first, John, do you like the password requirement on at this stage of the competition or do you like it in general? Yeah. I mean, it just makes it less hard to cheat. I, I mean, I don't, See a what problem is with cheating? It at all. I like looping your score or something. I I don't know. That has nothing. Well, okay, fine. I, I, I you know I don't I don't know what it's for, but I don't mind it. Like it's not that that, and that's my question. Why? Why are we doing the password? They what used to do that it? for like uh, the liftoff. I think the online liftoff they did, yeah. when they used to have that, they would do stuff like that. Um, qualifiers do that all the time the mac qualifier uh, a couple years ago and that was a semi-final or sanctional whatever they called it then um you had to have a password i don't mind it it just makes sure you do stuff on the day that they want you to do it yeah i think that that's exactly what jamie said i mean it's so you're done in a specific order right you saw the quarterfinals just happen and and athletes would do 
different workouts ahead of time because they knew it wasn't going to blow them up. And then they waited for, you know, the, the road workout or the GHD workout at the end, as long, as long as possible, because they knew if they did that when it was in order, the next workout would probably be a little bit tougher. So they, they kind of game the system. I think that's the intent is force them to it. do. I just don't think that it's that much of a problem. Cause you think about athletes like Noah and, um, Noah and them did four workouts in the same day. And then they came in, I think they redid a few of them. And it's like, mm-hmm. they couldn't have done that had they do the password thing. And it's like, okay, now you're, you're kind yeah, of, I like that though. I don't want them to do it. I you want, just want them to have one go. Yeah. Okay. Like if you're just like, if, if we asked Boz, why are you doing the password thing? And he said, I just want the athletes to do this one time. Okay. That's a good reason. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like that athletes can redo. And if you want to take that gamble and put that stress on yourself or you're fit enough to be able to handle that volume, I, that's what I like is that like, hey, if you want to make that, that's fine. But if you want to just have them do their all in one go, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. No, that's and fine. I don't have a problem with that either. Like, I agree with that. I don't – it really doesn't make any difference to me uh, if they have it like that where you can do four workouts in one day and then you can see, you know, where people are coming in at and redo whatever you want to redo. That's fine. But, like, if you want to make sure athletes do it in this order, because you know, like uh, Brian said, that GHD workout's going to F you up. Yeah. So if they make them do that GHD workout and then you have to do the last workout, all of a sudden you can't rope climb. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, if they want that, you know, they want to see who can recover the best, then the password has to be enforced. But, like, I don't mm-hmm. mind having it that way. I don't mind having it the way you like it. I don't think it makes any difference. It's just whatever the competition wants at that point. And I don't care that they jump around. I don't think it's a big deal at all. Yeah, no. it's fine. Like either way, it's fine. I think. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry, yeah. Travis. Thanks for joining. Make sure guys to go to vindicate.com. Use code spin for ten percent off. Um, he got on just yeah. I, you did say I, that. I guess the the question <laughs> I have is like, why now in age group semifinals? Like, if if this is important, why aren't they pushing it to testing quarterfinals? Maybe it wasn't important for quarterfinals. We just talked about it. I mean, it definitely is, right? I mean, the the GHD workout was an impact. But it's just, I I mean, it's what Boz wants, though, is what I'm saying. Like, maybe he doesn't care for quarterfinals for that to be important. And then for age group, he wants it to be important. Um, I don't, I think it's okay for him to want different things in different competitions. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's just rolling it. He also rolled out a lot of new stuff this year. And it's like, do you really want to add that on top? Um, you kind of got to, you know, you can't, you can't overseason the, the mixture there. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do too much. So, yeah. As for the fifty-point scoring table, do you guys have any guesses on what we might see um, as, as that type of uh, event, Tyler? It's just going to be skill dependent stuff, whether it's a lift and then a gymnastics movement or something like that. It's going to be, it's going to be skilled. So it's like, if you have a, I think they've done it in the past on like a sprint workout, like actual sprinting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't want that to be a full statement of like, this is a hundred points worth of your fitness 
you know, snapshot. Um, it's important, yes, but 50, I, I, I think it's neat. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we but, could take it down to the open. Like, I, I, it could be something simple as the first part of that shuttle run workout 50 points and then your thrusters 50 points. Or, you know, it could be you're going to do a thousand meter row for time um, at the four minute mark. You have to do this workout. You know what I mean? Like, how much do you want to kill yourself before you do this workout? And they're both worth 50 points. Um, oh. See you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I would say uh, uh, Crash had a. I don't know what happened there. Go. Um, oh, Cra okay. Crash had a fantastic event that was 50 points scored two different ways. Um, it was four intervals, four minutes on, two minutes rest. Um, you had to do 30 box jump overs and then 30 cows on the biker or the rower and then max ring muscle ups in the remaining time. And so your amount of muscle ups were one score and then the total time it took you to do the buy-in each time your average time was your uh or total time that was your other score yeah I, I mean like i think you know a lot of times the these 50 point things when you see in other competitions it's a max handstand hold um something that's you know if you mess up you're not going to really lose a ton of points um in an online competition i mean if it, if it is like a max handstand hold i mean how many times can you redo the workout i mean is it doesn't it seem a little odd that we might be seeing something like that at this stage? I mean, I think that's only if it's a max handstand hold. You know, or even, I don't think uh, if it's a thousand meter row, I don't think you're repeating that. But but if you do a max lift and a max handstand hold, you know, I guess it depends on how they structure it. But you know, um, you can just redo that over and over again until you hit your lift, right? Like you're already warmed up. Now you just say. Here's my password. Here's my weight. I'm going to go. And then you dry, you lift, get your lift, and then you go do your handstand hold. Yeah. I mean, for um, that day, I mean, I'm only doing, I mean, twice at most. If it's a max lift, I can't just keep doing that. Yeah. Handstand hold, I can keep doing. But, uh, right. you know, depends what it's paired with. And if you want to do it twice, go ahead. If you want to do it three times before the other workouts, which is why the password thing matters. <laughs> like you're kind of screwing yourself. You know what I mean? Cause you're effing yourself up before the rest of the competition. Where you get into trouble is when like, say they do a snatch like a, in some workout and it's like it progresses and it's some heavier snatch at the end of the workout, you know? Um, and so you're, you're saying we really care and you give it a hundred points. It's out of a hundred points and you really care. You're saying we really care about the snatch. And then you follow it up with, there's a handstand hold for, you know, max, and it's only worth 50 points. What you're saying is, is we think that it's more important to be good at snatch than it is at handstand hold. And it's like, that's not very fair, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, you start opening yourself up for that conversation is like, okay. So, and I know that this is, you know, some stuff that people were kind of upset about is like in the programming this year, Boz still sort of biased towards strength and not, gymnastics and it's like he's going to open himself up to that argument again with the scoring system like this and i bet he does it at semifinals i, I have a feeling mm -hmm. that's going to happen at semifinals too so 
We'll see. I hope he employs it well. You because you could do it and it not be a big deal, but you could do it and it it's going to piss a lot of people off. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I, I do hope that it is a type of workout that you can't just keep repeating, right? If it, if it is just the handstand hold, you just have people just trying over and over and over again until they get their one max, and they've gotten five, six attempts throughout the day. Um, yeah. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does that. Um, and, uh, and you know, we'll have two days next week to kind of see where those athletes shake out. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week, only 10 make it, even though there's some pretty solid athletes in that 35, the, the 39 age group. So, uh, That's any last reason. thoughts? Yeah. That's any last thoughts, uh, John? Tyler, before we wrap it up, anything last you wanted to say? Yeah, that was that's what I was gonna say is that's another reason Masters Fitness Collective should just do the the Masters games because they're gonna do it the better way, which is more than mm-hmm. ten athletes. But anyway, that's yeah. it. And I think CrossFit should allow them to call themselves like the CrossFit Games Masters or whatever. I think they should be allowed to use the word CrossFit, not just Masters, Masters Fitness Collective. Like, Collective. Well, you know, whatever you want to call it, but like they, it should be deemed as, you know, the fittest 35 to 39 year old in the world. It shouldn't, it should be able to be called that, not some, mm-hmm. we're functional fitness. We're not CrossFit. I, I don't want it to be dancing around that. that I thought of this. Have to. Looking at the comments, professional fictional athletes association because <laughs> we're all just pretending yeah uh what was the favorite your favorite workout that you've both done this week the favorite I workout really worked out until this set this weekend yeah well, okay you can pick one yeah. from this weekend then uh so i did one uh it was a street parking workout um and it was the vault workout I don't know if anybody follows that but um it was a six minute AMRAP of 30 um, dumbbell deadlifts, 30 squats, dumbbell squats, and then max double. reps, double dumbbells, dumbbell, double dumbbells. Um, and then the remaining time of that six minutes, max squat cleans. Rest four Jesus. minutes and then do it reverse for time. <laughs> so if you got 30, you know, whatever, um, uh, squat cleans, you rest four minutes, then you do 30 of those, 30 squats, 30 deadlifts. Did you cheat them? So during the, the hang squat clean or during the squat cleans, you kind of like curl under it. Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not the best looking, uh, squat yeah. Cleans, no, I mean, but, I would, I would cheat them the whole time. Yeah. It did, it did blow up your lower back and, they're and not, uh, they're not the best looking squat. <laughs> 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 yeah uh no after after doing the squats um those squat cleans kind of snuck up on you and uh you couldn't wait for that six minutes to end so how about you tyler Uh, john Um, john's not done anything he's just been driving back to to yeah houston driving to houston for time this is your favorite yeah the uh i I could say a couple though the uh my Favorite one from Crash was probably that ring muscle up workout I already said, but there was one that I really enjoyed just because I was good at it and uh, I was surprised other people weren't good at it. Um, so you had 400 yards, you had to push this sled. Um, and the sled was 270, there was 645s. Like I push it and then one of my teammates pushes it and then I push it 
and you got to go to 400 yards. I don't think anything of this. I don't really practice pushing sleds. I just assume that I can do it. I, uh, and <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, and then once you're done with the sled, it's 200 handstand pushups. Two of your guys has to do strict handstand pushups. The other two has to do kipping with a four inch deficit. Do you okay? do strict? Yeah, I was one. I was our stricted guy. Um, our other guy that was with me was one of our worst handstand pushupers. We put our two best handstand pushupers on different sides so we could, you know, gather handstand pushups with both of us. Um, turns out this sled was really bad. Uh, and um, it took us 10 minutes to finish the 400 yard sled. And we were the first people <laughs> off the sled. So everybody else yeah. was just like, can't move it. And like I'm pushing it, and like I stop kind of like three quarters of the way, take a little break, and then I push it again. I make it through my five. We're good. The rest of our team, we got a couple six three guys, so they're great. Um, so we're like we we were great at this sled, and nobody else was. It was really shocking. Were um, all your guys on the team a little heavier? Everybody except one. We had one little ninja freak. There His name is. is Nikita. Uh, Nikita Katzman. Um, he works out at Brian's gym. Um, so mass moves mass, bro. He's and he would he did great though. But yeah, those other two guys, they were like six two, uh, not good at handstand pushups, but they were good at that sled. So that's all that mattered. Um, and then uh, we got second in that workout. The team that beat us, we got first place in everything. Um, so they were all semifinal guys. Like they're just better. But um, we got second. It's very proud of our efforts. Um, the other one I want to say was the run. There was a trail run. It was 3.2 miles. Um, do y'all know who Allison Stahl is? Yeah. I feel like I know that name, but I feel like I know every name now. Okay. Regional athlete. I don't know mm -hmm. if she's been on teams from the games, but, um, she's freaking jacked. If you ever see her, like, you're like, Hmm, like you'll double take, you'll double take a look at her. Cause <laughs> man, she, she is jacked. Anyway, she was running. I had no idea who she was, but like, she was running fast. And I was like, I'm gonna stay with this woman. I don't know why, but I was gonna, I was gonna sell my soul to stay with this woman. And at about the last mile, she took off, and I couldn't stay with her. I was done. But, uh, but did she but, have a, did uh, she have a weight vest on? No, she didn't. No, she didn't okay. have a weight vest. Okay. On. Yeah. Right. No. No. I picked. I picked people that were on my. You know. Uh, and um, I finished that. And my my pace was a 757 mile pace for 3.2 miles, which would have been a PR 5K for me. I was so proud of myself. Killed myself. I know it's not impressive, but for me, <laughs> I was very happy. And I didn't know I was running with that kind of a caliber of an athlete either. I mean, I'm sure running's not her cup of tea, but still, she she's you know fitter than I am. And um, I was able to hold on with her for about two, a little over two miles. So I was happy with that. That was probably the one I was most proud of. Um, yeah, that's mine. Right, you got to answer your own question there, Tyler. I did a six round workout today. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was six, six rounds of, let's see, 10 deadlifts at 275, 10 Kalski, 10 dumbbell, uh, snatches. And then it was rest two minutes and repeat it. And so basically it was long enough that you just had to sprint the entire thing. Um, and I've been, it's funny because if you listen to that podcast with Brent, like he talks about like sort of being able to hurt a lot. 
And I feel like as an athlete, that might be what I'm worst at is like I, I get to a, I get to a seven and I'm like, yep, just hold her here. <laughs> but like when and, and it's aggravating because like when I was like 19 doing CrossFit, like I would just like as fast as I could, as hard as I could into a wall and just be like, damn, that sucked. But now it's like I'm 31 and it's like, oh, man, I can't. it's like I know what's coming. So I pull up. And so I've been trying to hurt myself here lately. Like, I just want to, so like on the ski, like I was pulling like 18, you know, 1800 calories per hour or whatever. And it's like, usually I would pull like 14 or 15. You know, Roman and, would laugh at that, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but like, I really try to, I, I, I've been trying to do that. And so that one, it was good today because I was like trying to go there. I, I think that's. I think that mindset has changed over the years. I mean, 10 years ago, there was no such thing as pacing. And you saw it. I mean, you even saw it in the in the competitive side of the games. Like nobody could pace. And yeah. nowadays it's you have to pace, you can't go out too hot. I think it kind of leads to that notion of I'm just gonna get to a seven and stay there because I don't want to redline and get to a nine or a ten mm-hmm. and have another round or two left and crash. But we never trained that then either. Right. So. And that's what I didn't like about Dave's programming is it sort of incentivized that sort of thing where it was like you need to kind of go out and at like an eight and then mm-hmm. just hold on versus like just go out at a 10 and fucking figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that was my yeah, Some workouts, you need to blow yourself up, though, just to see yeah. how you can recover. Oh, you definitely do, I think. But most of the time, we, I mean – Myself included, you don't, you never push yourself to that level where you've pushed too hard and, and come to regret that. Uh, you yeah, know, pacing is definitely the focus a lot of times. I need more like three hours of not going hard and just staying three hours is what I need. So I don't, I can't, <laughs> I can't relate to that, but I have to get yeah, used to doing I, easy I stuff. I come from a, uh, come from a, uh, a, an endurance running background. So, that's more. Were you a runner? Up through high school, I I, I quit in college. But uh, what was your event? Yeah, I did cross country and then the mile and two miles. Oh, well, now I'm uh, embarrassed to say my run. I was so proud of it. You're probably yeah, just yeah. just laughing. Yeah, we won't we won't go into that. Um, yes, I would have beaten you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. It's all good. That's not you saying much. Me on, you would have crushed me on any other the uh, the weightlifting pieces, so we're even. Uh, all right, guys, appreciate it. Thanks again for joining. Uh, everyone else, uh, thanks. Uh, so we'll talk to you guys uh, hopefully next week. Yes, sir.